What a great welcome, John. What a great intro. He was a rascal in his, <laughs> when I was a youth leader. There's no getting away from it. Um, so um, I have to report probably one of the funniest things I've seen in church for a little while. Uh, sorry for this, for those that were involved. Uh, but uh, Becca came to share a great word this morning. And I turned, to, I turned to my right to see John smacking her in the face. Uh, so uh, one of the downsides of being a charismatic church is that uh, every now and again somebody walks near you when you're about to have a moment. And uh, John was about to have a moment in quite a forceful way and basically smacked her in the face. Anyway, that's nothing to do with anything, but I just thought it was funny. Um, so... Um, <clears throat> I want to tell a story this morning, and uh, you can find the story in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, uh, verse 1 to 14. I'm probably not going to read it, um, mainly because there are some difficult names in it. Um, but um, I want to I tell the story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And uh, it's, uh, uh, the situation is, um, is that the people of God were at war, and they seemed always to be at war, didn't they? Um, but they were at war, and Saul was king, who was the guy that came before David, who was anointed as king, uh, but then uh, God, God left his uh, favor with him and put it on David. And there was a period of time where there was unrest between David uh, and Saul. Uh, but Saul had a, a son called Jonathan. And uh, Jonathan was um, a godly man and, uh, and was, was fearless, um, he became actually great friends with David and had to deal with the tensions um, of being a really good friend of David's, who was God's man, uh, superseding his dad, and uh, had to live with the challenge of that. And, um, and, and there were all sorts of uh, things along the way. But there was one particular time when they were, <coughs> uh, they were camped, and there was about 600 of them camped. Um, and... Uh, uh, and, and there was, a, there was a, you know, it talks about there was a guy, I can't remember his name, couldn't even pronounce it if I could, uh, but there was a guy that wore an ephod, and, and, and it's, it, the impression I get was that there was a camp of quite important people. Saul was there, the king, um, they were at war, they were marching forward, they were outposts of um, Philistines in various different locations, and they were looking to take the land, okay? Um, one of the things that I think is important and, and good is we live, we live now in a different time to the Old Testament. Um, you know, so much of the Old Testament uh, is a little bit confusing because it's a bit bloody and they're a bit fighty and, and it seemed to be okay to be killing people. <laughs> it seemed to be okay to be attacking and, uh, and doing this stuff. Uh, and that can be a bit confusing when you first become a Christian and a bit like, what, well, what do I do with that then? That's a bit weird. Don't think I should kill people. I'm pretty sure I shouldn't. Uh, here's what we do with it. Paul, Paul talked about it really well in one of his letters. He said, our battle is no longer against flesh and blood, uh, but against the spiritual powers, against the rulers and, of this dark age. And so there's, we are still at war, right? We are still at battle, uh, but our battle now is against the principalities, against uh, the strongholds and some of the things that, come, that, that, that oppress the people of God uh, and, and prevent the people of God from taking possession of all that God has for them. Um, and it, and it, it, 
so it may be all, all manner of things. It may be uh, the erosion of marriage values, maybe the erosion of family, maybe um, addiction, maybe there may be all sorts of things. But the enemy is using all manner of things to oppress and to attack and to try and gain control on this planet. And the people of God are here to fight that. All right. So you can read that stuff, and you can get it if you're particularly that way inclined. I am. I have a sword at home. Uh, you can you can get um, you know into the battle. Okay. You can. In fact, it's in, I encourage us because if you don't get into the battle, you are at war anyway. So the battle will come to you. All right. Uh, so that's that's the backdrop. Um, but anyway, so um, Jonathan is he's at the camp, and I don't know what happened. He suddenly got a uh, compulsion to, um, to go and attack the Philistines. Uh, so there they are camping, waiting for further instructions. Jonathan's thinking, I don't know if he's bored. I don't know if God spoke to him. I don't know what happened. But he noticed they, they, was, they were in a little ravine and there were cliffs at either side. And on the cliffs there were some Philistine outposts of around about 20, 30 people. And uh, he thought to himself, I think I might go take one. Um, and uh, spoke to his armor bearer. Um, what did he say? Um, I wrote this down. Uh, it says, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So he, spoke to, he had an, he had an, an armor bearer. Um, so he had the, 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 the guy that was with him was there to put his armor on and to look after him. And they spoke to his armor bearer and says, come on, let's have a go. Let's go and have a go. Maybe God's with us. Um, so it's a bit of a thin kind of thing. Uh, and the stakes, of course, were high because two of them, 20, 30 of them, stakes are high. And, uh, and the armor bearer, you know, crazy guy, uh, along with Jonathan says, do all you have in mind. Um, go ahead, I'm with you in heart and soul. Oh. So there they are, these two mavericks. Um, do whatever you've got in mind, I'm with you. And uh, so, they, so they, um, they started climbing up one of the uh, cliffs. Uh, and, uh, and, and, I, and, and then, I don't know if Jonathan had a moment of thinking, I wonder if God is with us. Um, and so he, he spoke to his armor bearer and said, tell you what we do. If they call us over to, to them, God's with us. If they want, if, if they come over to us, he's not. Um, all right, God? <laughs> that's that's the, that how I get it. Uh, and and uh, so, so they crawled up and the Philistines looked at them and said, oh, look at these Hebrews coming out from hiding in their hiding, hidey holes. Uh, let's teach them a lesson. And, uh, and they basically said something like, come here if you're hard enough. Come and have a go. Uh, they called them over and, uh, and they said, that, that they were jeering them, and they, they said, we're going to teach these, them a lesson. Uh, but of course, Jonathan had made the deal with God and with his armor bearer that if they do do that, God's with us. Um, and so uh, they called them over, and, uh, and, and off they went, and they, they got into a big, bloody fight, um, fought them. Twenty of them were killed. Um, I think that's probably all of them. I don't, I don't know exactly how many were. We just know that 20 were killed. Some may have run away. They may have sorted them all. I don't know. That's what I'm saying, 20 to 30. Um, and, uh, and God, uh, but by the way, Saul and the guys at the camp, the important bods, didn't know anything about it. Um, but then, of course, 
uh, they then had basically cleared a way for the people of God to move forward and, and to uh, have a great victory. Um, so that's the story. Uh, Richard's been doing a, uh, a series for the last uh, little while on being courageous uh, and having courage. And, uh, and I want to sort of continue that theme uh, today. And then it really feels like God is speaking to us as a church and to you as individuals about being courageous, about having a go. Um, so Richard's referred to Josh that had a thought to go and pray for people outside the granary, have a go. He's done it. And, so, and I, I saw them the other day and I, I haven't actually got a chance to caught up with them, but people were being prayed for uh, that wouldn't have been prayed for had they have not gone. And, uh, and it feels to me like God is speaking to us. God is getting our attention and, and tapping on our shoulder and say, be courageous, have a go. Um, so I want to I take uh, just three things um, from this that I think is important for us. Um, so the first thing is I, um, that God puts things in our hearts as individuals. Um, so Jonathan... God had put it in his heart. I, I don't know whether he had a dream and God spoke to him clearly in a dream. I don't know whether uh, he was reading his Bible and God spoke to him. I don't know whether he was in a charismatic meeting and there was a prophecy. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know whether it was just a, I'm not having this. I'm going to fight. I don't know because we don't know because it doesn't tell us. Um, what I do know is that this is how God works. God puts things in our hearts. God speaks to us. Uh, and, and, and I would say there are two, two things that I want us to consider for a minute um, uh, from this whole God putting stuff on our hearts. Sometimes we're just aware that there's a fight that's worth fighting. Okay? Uh, and I really feel like God wanted to highlight that for some of us today. And, and for, for some of us today, there may be stuff in your past that you think, do you know what? This fight is worth fighting. Might be your marriage. Might be integrity at work. Might be how you deal with a, a, a challenge at home. It might be to do with your future and your destiny and, and the challenges and, and stuff that gets in the way of you walking in all that God's got for you. There may be things that you battle with, that you know you've got to fight for. And I want to encourage you, I want to pray in a minute, we'll pause in a minute and pray, but I want to encourage you that if God, if there is a fight in front of you, I want to encourage you to fight it. That very, very often there are, there are times when um, we, we have a battle and we have a fight, and it could be for any, any of the things I've mentioned plus any others. Um, and the easy route is not always the fight. The easy route might be the compromise. The easy route might be a peaceful life, an easy life. Jonathan could have stayed at the camp and no one would have known that even a thought had come to his head. Couldn't he? Uh, but Jonathan knew. Jonathan had a burden. He had a, he, he, there was a fight in his opinion, that was worth fighting. I'll ask you, do you have a fight in front of you that's worth fighting? 
Do you have something in your life that you think, do you know what? This is too great a thing. This is too important a thing for me to just take the easy route. I'm going to fight. Anybody feel like that? Can I pray? Because there'll be others. There's, there's, the brave, there's the brave, honest ones that put their hands up, and then there's the rest. <laughs> um, let me pray for us. Just hold out your hands right now. Because you, you know, we, we believe in the Holy Spirit is our helper, don't we? And we don't just come to church to hear about stuff. We come to church to meet with him and to be impacted by him. So I just want to encourage you, just as we're quiet, if you know there's a fight, I want to encourage you to make the decision to not compromise and stay in the fight. Not run away, stay in the fight. Holy Spirit, we just ask right now for all those that particularly are feeling that, particularly are aware of the fight, I pray for each one, Father, that you would strengthen their arms that you would strengthen their resolve. Holy Spirit, even now, would you give courage? Would you give wisdom alongside courage? God, to keep fighting. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, so there are times when there's just, there's a fight in front of us. So for, for, for Jonathan, the Philistines, the uncircumcised were against the people of God, and that was a fight worth fighting in his mind. Uh, and, and moreover, he believed and trusted that God would be with him in that fight, because it was a God fight. Um, uh, there are other times when, when, and I don't know, Jonathan, this may have been the case for Jonathan, but there are other times when God speaks, and God says, I want you to do this. Um, and it's a thing that he puts on our hearts. It could be, it could be a word uh, that's spoken over you. It could be a a growing burden in your heart. Uh, God speaks in a variety of different ways. Um, but, you know, f for me, often it's been like a burden. Uh, so for many, many years, my call and my heart has been, uh, as, along with some other things, I dabble in a, quite a few areas, uh, but my burden in my heart has been to help and to serve and to work with those who are disadvantaged, those um, the Bible calls the poor. Um, and, uh, you know, the Scripture talks about the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor. And so there's a genuine burden for me to, to help and to serve those that are struggling, those that are finding life difficult, those on the edges of society, those that the world might look at and think they're lower class. Uh, and so I've, I've lived with that burden for a long time. And frankly, even if, even if, I, if, even if I chose to not do that work, um, then people would find me. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, and that's, you know, uh, and, and, and I, I believe 100% in, in, in building a church where people that the world would think are not so honorable, we look at and say, no, you're the most honorable. Uh, come and have the seat of the most honor. Come and, come and be amongst the people of God and welcome people in. And that's the call of God. And so, uh, some, a few years ago, God started to increase that burden in me, and, um, and I started to think about uh, much of what I'd been doing up until then had been helping people, maybe they'd been homeless, or uh, with, maybe battling with addiction, and so on and so forth. And uh, So please forgive me if you're in this room and you're in that category. I don't mean to, I'm not here to single you out. Uh, as I said, I, you, you're honored. Um, 
you know, but that's the call on me. And, and I do it well some days and not well other days. Um, but, but as I started to think about that and the burden in me started to grow, I started to look at other areas in the UK uh, where, where there is challenge and where there is need and where the church predominantly isn't. Um, and the reality is if you, if you were to go around the churches in the UK, many of the churches in the UK um, are basically posh churches in posh areas. Uh, can I say it like that? Um, you, I, I could say middle class. Uh, from where I came from, posh. Okay? Uh, and, um, and, and I became a Christian and people would um, invite me for dinner. Um, strange thing. Never, been, never eaten in somebody else's house. Uh, just culturally, I was really different. They would give me hugs and I'd want to punch them. Um, all of that stuff because that wasn't my experience. That wasn't my background. And so I started to feel a sense of call, a sense of burden to see churches grow in areas of different culture, uh, particularly housing estates uh, where there's a lot of social housing and so on and so forth. So I started to pray about that and started thinking about how, do, how can we serve and work with children, uh, particularly in those areas that, that struggle for in, in a lot of ways. And then I got a phone call. So there was a burden, is what I'm trying to say to you. God had spoken to me and given me a general burden um, and then, and then a, an opportunity uh, broke out uh, where I got a phone call. We lead a church in, oh, I knew the guys anyway, we lead a little group in Dines Green. Uh, the, the leaders are moving on. Um, would, would I consider leading it? Um, and so there's a moment where you've the burden and then, the, and then there's an opportunity that presents itself. And the opportunity presented itself to, for us to launch um, our congregation or take, take that group on and, and build a community in Dines Green. So that's what we're doing. So that's why you don't, I don't preach that often here anymore because I'm usually preaching there and I can't manage to in a day. Um, but but, um, but that's, that's what we're doing. And, and um, let me just have a look at... I, I, I want to ask you the question. So that's me, okay? That's my burden and that's the way that God is beginning to lead. On the back of that, I, 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 after saying yes to the Dines Green guys... Um, and we're a great bunch, aren't we? Who's in Dines Green? Most of them aren't here, but some are. Who's in Dines Green? Give me a whoop. Okay. Um, give me a wee. Anyway, leave it. All right. So most of them aren't here, all right, because they're, they're an amazing, amazing bunch. Um, but so the, the, the invite came and God started to speak. Um, Tobin and Jess, Phil and Daniel moved to Dines Green to get involved and start the team. Um, Kate is here from Dines Green, welcome. Uh, and, and, and we started to build a family and it's, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I mean, you're not gonna say whoop, but I know that you're enjoying it as well. Um, shortly after we decided to, we, we moved there and we started getting involved in that, um, I had a meeting with the Worcester Community Trust that um, uh, look after the, the Green Centre plus about six or seven other centres um, in, the, in the more deprived parts of Worcester. Um, sorry, it's hard, it's hard to say this without sounding like you're putting those places down, but they're more sort of social housing uh, areas in Worcester. And I, I met the CEO of, of that organisation, uh, introduced myself, said, hi, this is what we're about. And she said, what we want to do, I, I hadn't said anything, what we want to do is we want to reduce the price for you um, for the centre, uh, and would you please consider 
starting a church in our other centres as well. Um, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Um, so, so there are. That what I'm saying is, to you, there are moments when God speaks. God puts a burden in your heart, and 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 opportunities open up. Now, we haven't started a church in all the other centres, uh, but come and see, speak to me afterwards if you want to start one, um, and, and we'll talk about it. All right, it's a very serious question. Um, so come and speak to me if you do. But what, what I want to do is, so that's me and that's my burden, the things that are happening with me. I want to ask the question, what is it with you? What is, what is God putting on your heart? Has God spoken to you and are you stepping into that thing? Are you, are you, are you aware? Do you have, because sometimes it's just a burden and there'll be some of us that couldn't say, yeah, God said such and such, but we know we've got a burden. And I, and I, and I want to call that out. And I want to say, come on, let's take some steps. God is speaking to us as a church about being courageous. Uh, God, you know, what we're about as a church is about being a door of hope and that going out. Okay? Uh, we, we, are, we are not about just gathering here on a Sunday, having a lovely time, um, although we do have a lovely time, although looking at you, I'm not sure. Um, uh, we, we do have a lovely time, but that's not what we're about. We're about going out. Um, and so I, I want to encourage you to be, to be exercising that and be thinking, okay, God, what burden have you given me? What Philistine outpost can I take? How can I have a go? Maybe God's with me. All right? Um, so, so the first thing is that we learn from the story is God gives us a burden. What is it? And how can we take some steps? And how can we, as leaders of this church, encourage and support and help you in those steps? Okay? So, so you know, the reality is we are, we are a bit busy. I've been a bit busy recently. But I want you to know that I'm not too busy to have a coffee with you and talk about what God's put on your heart to do. So, so if, you, if you know you've got something, I want you to arrange to have a coffee with me or come to my house for dinner and talk to me about what it is There'll be other leaders as well. You can talk to them, by all means. But, you know, um, I get excited about this stuff. So, so if you want to talk to me, I want to help you in that, in that journey. Got it? Okay. Second thing is, uh, there was the armor bearer. <laughs> um, and he was, just, he, was, he was a crazy guy. God hadn't given him the burden. God had given him an attachment. God had given him a relationship with Jonathan and a trust in Jonathan that whatever Jonathan does, I'm going to do it. Um, and uh, I, I, I remember um, some years ago uh, when God spoke to me, there's another one of those moments where it's a specific thing. God had said to me, we're at a church weekend about 13, 14 years ago. God spoke to me and he said, gather people and I'll show you what I can do. Um, and that's what God said. Okay? That became the encounter camp somehow or other. Okay? But that's what God said. Uh, I was then starting to flesh that out a few weeks after God had given me the word, starting to flesh that out. Uh, and um, I'd, I'd spoken to one or two people, but I was at a conference in Brighton. And, and I, I think, is it Brighton? All right, and, I, and, and I saw Dave, who wasn't part of this church at the time. He was in Birmingham. So I bumped into Dave, good friend of mine. And, and uh, I said, Dave. Um, and I was about to say, God has spoken to me about gather people. And before I got a chance to say that, the spirit came on Dave and said, whatever it is, I'm in. Um, <laughs> um, and that was to me like one of those moments where 
not that, I, not that David's my armor bearer, because I'll gladly bear his armor, but in that moment, David, he was like an armor bearer for me. He, in, in that moment, he, was, he, was, he, he, he recognized God had given me a burden. God has spoken to me and said, I'm with you, heart and soul. That's what, that's what the armor bearer said. I'm with you, heart and soul. And Dave's been with me on the encounter camp journey ever since and continues to be. Uh, and others have joined in as well. Um, so, that, so you might be thinking, I don't have a burden. God hasn't spoken to me. Well, who could you rally behind? Who has God spoken to that you can say, I'm with your heart and soul? It's a thought, isn't it? Sometimes we're waiting for our thing, but actually there's another thing for us to rally to. There's a, there's a cause, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a call of God on somebody else's life, but that call is big enough for that, too big for that one person alone. Others need to get involved. And I, I want to encourage you, spot the Jonathan in your life and say, I'm with your heart and soul. How can I serve? How can I get involved? How can I work? How can I work with you? But bear in mind, the situation we're referring to, the stakes were really high. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The stakes were very high. They could have got dead quite easily. Do you know what I mean? So it takes courage. So I, 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 I genuinely, I, I want to encourage us. I want to be as practical as I can this morning. And, as, you know, I want to encourage you if, you, if you don't have a particular burden, don't have a something that you feel God's given you, I want to encourage you, who do you know that does that you can rally behind, that you trust, that you respect that you think no I, I can I can run with this person I can walk with this person how can I get behind them and serve their vision so the, the, the reality is the encounter camp I don't know we have we will never know whether Dave's I'm with you was the tipping point for me to crack on and do it I can tell you doing those things on your own is not easy but but as a result deaf people can hear Literally, as a result, I, somebody with a broken back, two people with broken backs no longer have broken backs and are healed. And, and one of those people have the x-rays to prove that it's a miraculous healing. I can tell you that somebody was HIV that isn't HIV anymore because of the encounter camp. I, I can tell you that uh, there's, a, there's a guy walking this planet that used to have schizophrenia that doesn't anymore because he met with God at encounter camp. I can tell you that there's a guy that used to have cluster headaches, so much so that it, they're, they're often called suicide headaches, lots of pain, lots of trauma, no longer has them because he got healed at encounter camp. I can tell you there's somebody that, that I saw veins grow back in his arm because we prayed for him and, and he, his veins were damaged and they got healed because of the encounter camp. Now, here's the thing. Dave said, I'm with you, heart and soul. And that stuff happened. Okay. Uh, so, so, and it may be big, it may be small, but I, I want to encourage you, who can you rally behind and say, I'm with you, heart and soul? Who can you say, this person I recognize has vision from God and I'm going to be part of it? Yeah? I want you to be thinking, there's homework, folks. There's either I've got a burden and a word that God wants me to press into, or there's somebody that I want to get alongside and say, I'm going to work with you and, and serve you and help you in your vision. Okay? Are you with me? I want to make a third point. Um, uh, that is a bit more specific. Well, I thought it was reasonably specific. Um, but for us as a church, one of the things 
um, I've been aware of for some time now in Hope Church, um, is that if you, if you look at our welcome sheet, you'll see a list of small groups. Where are they? Um, activities and groups. Um, and the reality is, if you've been around for a while, you'll notice that there's a depleting number of them. Anyone else spotted that? Um, you know, not going to blame anyone, but Steve and Becky are leaving. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only playing. I'm joking. Uh, but there are good reasons, real reasons, not negative reasons, why some people have had to put down leading small groups. And, and we find ourselves in a situation where we don't have really the amount of small groups that we should have for the size of church that we are. Okay? That's, that's the reality. Uh, I, 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 I'm employed to fix those problems. <laughs> okay? Uh, and it's been a bit of a headache. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, a number of people have asked me, so what do you think? What are we going to do? And, and even some people have felt like it's falling to pieces, Jim. Um, and, and I felt sometimes, man, we're falling to pieces. What are we going to do? Uh, so I've been praying about it and, and, and pondering it and considering it. And uh, I'm happy to report I've got no idea what we do about it. <laughs> but, but the reality is I, know, I have no idea what we're going to do about it, having prayed about it, having sought God about it, having done my work. I promise you I've done my work. Okay? So therefore, I don't know. Therefore, you know. So it works. The church of Jesus Christ is a body, is an, or, is an organism, it's a living thing. That is not, it is not uh, an organization where the leaders say, you over there, you, you, and you over there. We could do it. We could go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10. Join the group that your number is, and that, those are the groups. Could do that, couldn't we? Um, and you have to go. But we're not going to do that. That would be silly. Um, what we are going to do is, how about if you're not in a group, you have a think about, is there something that I really like doing that I think has something of the, the spark of God on it? Could be a little spark that I think other people might want to join me in. Right. If I did that, would that thing tick these boxes? Build friendship and community. Help to sharpen each other. And be on mission. And reach those that don't know Jesus. If that thing can do those things, that, my friends, is the birth of another group. Got me? And it, and, it, and it feels like we could, you know, the pressure is on me. So I'm the small group guy. I'm, I'm, I'm employed to do it. Take that seriously. So the pressure's on me to find an answer. And the answer is I don't have one. But I think you do. Stepping out on a limb here. All right? But I think there are some things that may not look like what we know as a normal small group that I think God might want to bring to birth in you. You may not. You may have something. Um, let, me get, let me give you some examples. You know, and th 
You know, as long as, in, in some way or other, you can tick those three boxes. Will this bring a sense of community and friendships, support? Will this um, help to uh, sharpen each other and grow in our faith? And will this have an eye on those that don't know Jesus and how we can include them in? Okay? Book group, man shed, sports group, prophetic group, theology group. Those are, the, those are the ones that I can come up with. That's why God has creativity in the room, not just with me. <laughs> okay? Uh, but there can be an all manner of things. Walking group. You know, I don't know. Hairdressing group. I don't know. <laughs> Soaking group. Soaking in the, in the presence of God, not having a bath. Because <laughs> um, we don't do that sort of thing. Um, <coughs> sorry. Sometimes... Um, stay with me. I, I, I want you to give this some serious thought. Because I, I truly believe in the body of Christ being made up of many parts with different flavors. And people have got different contributions to make. You may feel like you have something in you that you'd quite like to do, but, whoa, I'm not a leader, Jim. There's no way I want to lead something. That's fine. Just find some others, and they'll help you sort that stuff out will help you find a leader okay um, there are some there are some groups who who is uh, leading a group at the moment that was just a yawn was it, it was a stretch right yes are you sure about it are you not <laughs> I think so um, uh, anyone else leading a group amongst us man there yeah okay um, um, so there are some groups uh, and, and what we don't want to do is we don't want to say, right, now we're doing a new thing, and so you have to be a weird group uh, to be part of Hope Church. No, there's some groups that are working really well. Crack on. Do it really well. Be in your group and enjoy it. If you're in a group and you feel like maybe God, God's given me a burden or something else, talk to your group leader. Don't, don't destroy your group, okay? Because then we're in more trouble, and I'll get, and I'll get in more trouble. Um, you know, so, so be sensible about it. And here's what I want you to do. I'm making a lot of work for myself today, but here's what I want you to do. If you feel like there may possibly be, maybe, an inkling of a bit of an idea of something that I might possibly, but probably not, Jim, but possibly might be able to do, I want you to talk to me about it. Okay? So you may feel like you've got something now and you can come and speak to me at the end. Come and grab me at the end. Uh, you may want to uh, invite me for a coffee, invite me for dinner, invite me for Sunday lunch. We're okay for that, aren't we? Um, I think we're free today. Um, <laughs> So, so um, you know, and let's talk about it because I believe that, that in this room is huge potential and I believe, you know, we need to unlock and release that potential and see people be courageous and get stuck into the mission that God's called them to do. Are you with me on it? Can I pray? Well, what, it's, oh, well, it's not too bad on time. <clears throat> so your homework is to, is, is, to, is to think about stuff you've got to do Think about, are there someone, is there somebody that you can rally behind and be an armor bearer for? And then the thing that I want to do, could I perhaps do this with a few other people and could it tick a box, those three boxes? Okay, let me pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we welcome you uh, in this discussion, in this conversation, Lord. And, and uh, Lord, we, we're aware that you, um, you speak. 
you lead, you guide, and Lord, and you do that in a variety of ways. Sometimes it's just a burden, sometimes it's a desire, sometimes it's a word from you. Uh, Lord, we, we don't want to second guess how you're going to do it. But here's what I believe. I believe, God, that you are speaking to people. I believe that you are putting burdens on people's hearts for things that don't quite fit the normal box. So, God, we want to say, would you release people into all that you have for them? I pray for each person, God, that is feeling a stirring of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you give them grace, wisdom, and courage. Pray for us as leaders that you'd help us to get this right. Uh, God, we, we want to see the church a community. We want to see the church uh, uh, growing in their discipleship. And we want to see a church that is reaching out to others. So would you help us in that, in that walk? But I do pray particularly for those that, that, that are beginning to feel like there may be a something. I pray that you give them courage to speak up and to take the first step. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So do um, get in touch.